Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. How to be positive, but not be one of those annoying positive people, and also not being naive and falsely positive so that all you do is attract mistakes and difficulties in your life. I've got 15 things I think can really help you to be positive but wise. Here they are. Let's go. So number one is, it's okay to be skeptical. A lot of people think when you're positive, you can't be skeptical. You can but to a point. So if you're doing diligence or research, I recommend having a skeptical eye, getting about 75 to 80% of the research, you know, and the digging, and they're looking at the downsides and the protecting the risk done, and then go for it. And that leads me to the next point, which is something that Richard Branson is actually quite famous for, even though most people don't know this. So most people perceive someone like Richard Branson to be really positive and happy and hippie and clappy and easygoing. But the reality is he protects the downside and then he goes full out fast. So when he um, set up Virgin Atlantic, he actually did a deal with the aeroplane where he could get the aeroplane back. And, um, you know, aeroplanes must cost hundreds of millions, I guess. It might have been 40, 50 million or more. Just an engine is millions and millions and millions. Um, So what he did was it looked like he took a big risk and he was always looking at the upside, but actually protected the downside such that if if it went wrong, he could basically hand the aeroplane back, um, you know, and not really lose too much other than maybe time and a small amount of cash he could afford to lose. So what you do to be positive but not naive is protect the downside, you know, maybe have savings stashed away, you know, or have a plan B and a plan C. But then you can't just keep doing that forever. Then you actually have to go for it. And then when you go for it, you go for it full out. Uh, you know, and you, you're always looking at the positive and what can be done and solving problems and, you know, having a glass half full mentality because you've already protected the downside. OK, the next thing is you should trust people, but verify. So you should always see the good in situations, opportunities and people. But you should verify by doing your research, you know, checking the problems and challenges and, you know, making contingency plans for if things go wrong. Because if you just trust without verification and you lend money or you go into ventures or partnerships or relationships and you didn't do a little bit of research, then, of course, you're setting yourself up for a massive fail, which is a lot of these happy, clappy, faux, positivity people, whilst they're nice to be around, they're just creating, you know, challenge after conflict, after difficulty, and then they're running away from them all the time because, you know, they're being naive. And, um, you know, there's a, big, there's a big difference between being glass half full and being naive. All right, so the next thing, number four, is sure, have a glass half full approach, but what if the glass were empty. So you can do a bit of what if or worst case scenario planning. And that's not to get you negative or in doomsday mode. It actually makes you feel more positive when you've gone, okay, I'm a glass half full kind of person. But if it were empty, what would I do? How would I put my kids through school? How would I pay for my bills? You know, how would I survive on my own? I've, I've got a good friend 
who um, had a bit of a disruption to his career. He's been working in a career for now 20 years. You know, he'd worked his way all the way up. And basically, he almost um, got replaced by an outsourcing firm that, or, you know, or a method of outsourcing that he helped set up. And then he almost got ousted and he just about kept his job. And what he learned from that was, OK, so I need to be streetwise. I need to plan for if this happens again, what do I do? Am I in a position to set up my own business? You know, have I put savings back? You know, can I manage and get another career? Have I got a good CV? Rather than just think that, you know, I'm entitled to continue to grow in that career forever. All right, then. Know that anyone can do anything, but most people don't. So in any new venture or any, um, any way you perceive other people that you're training or leading, have the belief that anyone can achieve anything they want to, if they want to, because of 80-20 principle, most people don't. Because if you just think, oh, no one ever succeeds at anything because statistics don't lie, because you'd be right about that. I think 99.9987% of the population of the world are millionaires, therefore 0.0083 or something like that. The figures are in life, leverage and money. Don't and aren't you'd say that statistically no one's got a chance of being a millionaire. But actually, when you work it out numerically, there are millions of millionaires. I think there's something like 15 or 17 million millionaires. And if you want to be one of those and you honour what they did to become one of those, you can become one of those. But most people don't. So anyone can, including you, but most people don't, which hopefully should give you some motivation to succeed in the areas that are important to you. Okay, so... Be overall happy, i.e. you're generally a happy person in terms of your generalist view. But when research and analysis and scepticism and a discerning eye and a downside risk scenario is required, you can use that functional behaviour. So overall, you're a positive person with solutions and innovation and progress and a can-do attitude. But every now and again, you put this hat on, which is research. Or, you know, like when you're interviewing people every now and again, you want to ask them difficult questions. When you're doing research, you want to find out the downsides to the upsides. You want to find out, you know, if you're working with people, their past and their history and not just look for the case studies and the testimonials, but the things maybe they have that have, they've done wrong that have gone wrong. You know, you're planning when you're giving feedback. Oh, you're a great person. Blah, blah, blah. You should give them some feedback. You should take some critical feedback yourself. But don't let it damage who you are as a person. And who you are as a person is an overall happy, positive person. All right. Do more things that make you happy, but not all the time. Because if you just try and do everything that makes you happy, it becomes a new norm and you're not happy. And actually, to gain that real deep sense of happiness and fulfilment, you need challenge and you need to grow through difficulty. So when people are just saying, oh, I just want to do more of the things that I love. But if they did everything that they love, they wouldn't love it anymore because it become the new normal. So it's almost like, again, this, we're looking at a balanced view here of positivity. Do more of the things that make you happy and positive, but every now and again, get uncomfortable, throw yourself a challenge, do things that you maybe don't enjoy or do things to learn or, you know, start things again so that you're a student and, you know, you, 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 it gives you that humility. Be around inspiring people. People will either drag you up, they will haul you up, you know, like you used to get a wedgie at school in your wife fronts. Sorry if you didn't and sorry if you're visual. Uh, yeah, they used to pull my pants right up around my ears at the school that I went to. It was one of those kind of schools. So people are either dragging you up like that. You know, they're lifting you up. They're, um, they're, they're, they're a, a role model and a mentor to you. And you watch how they um, do things in a successful manner and you follow them. You own the traits of the greats. They've blazed the trail. You follow that trail. You get experience and mistakes vicariously through them rather than you doing them yourself. Or like the crabs in a barrel where no crab can actually get out of a barrel because all the other crabs won't let the uh, crab that's trying to get out of the barrel out of the barrel because it'll, it'll drag them back into the barrel with their big claws. 
people are, are, are dragging you down. So you need to be pretty, you know, be positive around everyone, but minimize your time with skeptical, 100% skeptical, 100% negative people. People, if people have voids in themselves and they're not happy and they're not confident, they'll peck away at you to try and increase their own by comparison to make them feel better. Um, so, you know, you want to get rid of those people. Okay. You need to pat yourself on the back as well as beat yourself up. Now, most entrepreneurs, myself included, I am, I just beat myself up too much about where I want to go and I'm not where I want to be rather than actually looking back over the last 11 years and saying, hey, Rob, you did this. That was good. Hey, Rob, you did that. It was good. And, and something I really tried to learn in parenting, you know, being a parent is hard and, you know, controlling your kids is not easy and you're doing the best with what you know. And, you know, whilst you can read a lot of books, and it really does help when you've when you're in the emotion of stress and anxiety and anger and frustration and they're rebelling you. And the only reason they're rebelling you is because you taught them how to rebel you and you're not getting what you want and the emotion is there, often you can lose your control a bit. And then afterwards, you just beat yourself up with all the guilt and what you should have done. You should know better and you've learned how to control your emotions, yet you haven't. But instead of that, pat yourself on the back for when you did control your emotions or when you did do a great thing for your child or when you were patient. And so it is with business and success and life. If you pat yourself on the back equally as much as how can I get better and how can I critique myself and how can I improve, how can I move forward, then you'll have a balanced feeling of worth and therefore you'll be overall more positive. And we just don't do that enough. The world's going to beat you down anyway. So don't do it yourself. Let the world beat you down uh, and you should be lifting yourself up. Okay, look how far you've come, not just how far you've got left to go. So another entrepreneur's curse is there's always this distance between where we are and where we want to be. And it's like the more we progress, the more the distance of where we want to be grows and grows and grows because you come a you know, you make 100,000, then a million, then 10 million, then 100 million, then a billion, and there's always someone bigger. And, you know, you're always chasing, 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 and you're never content, and it's, it's never enough. Um, whereas if you, if you always, when, once you've moved along in your journey, whether you've hit a little goal, or, you know, you're, you've definitely moved up a level, or you're striving for something bigger, always turn around and look back and think how far you've come. How much were you in debt? How difficult was it for you to manage your emotions? How were you working alone? And now look at the network you've got and, you know, the, the, what you've learned, even if you've not really making the money or got the success yet. You've learned a lot. You've met a lot of people. You've created connections. You've created a bit of a brand on social media, etc. So look how far you've come, not just how far you still have to go. Know this. When some things are bad, some things are always good. And if you look at your life holistically with balance, then... Sometimes you're looking at only at the difficulties and the challenges. I'm not making enough money. I haven't got enough free time, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not traveling enough, blah, 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 blah. But conversely, through balance and in sort of elegant paradox, on this side, you've got lots of things that are going well. Your health is good. Your fitness is good. You know, you've got good friends around you, etc. So to be positive is not just to see all the good. And it's definitely not to see all the bad. It's to see... The bad and the good simultaneously. And when you're only looking at good and you're a bit manic, you need to just look at some of the possible things that could go wrong so you're not overly um, out of balance and setting yourself up for a fail. Uh, but then when you're struggling a bit, you've got to look at all the things that you've done well. You're growing resourcefulness, resilience, creativity, etc. Now, when you feel balanced, that's when you have more enduring, more natural positivity rather than the happy, clappy, false, in your face 
positivity that you know people are faking on social media when in reality they're bawling their eyes out, beating themselves up. Okay, you can't change everyone. So stop trying to change everyone. You can change yourself. You can change and help the people who want to be inspired and helped and changed by you, your followers, your fans, your customers, your subscribers. Focus 90% of your energy on your friends, your family, your customers who want your help. Help them grow their self-worth. Therefore, you grow your own self-worth. But what we often do is spray 90% of our energy into critics, trolls and haters who are trying to drag us down. Uh, and we're trying to either defend ourselves or convince them and they're never going to be convinced. Or trying to help people who don't want to be helped anyway. And so that's only going to damage your self-worth when they don't implement, you know, what you're helping them with. Um, and then, you know, you'll get a more evidence-based um, scenario that actually most people don't succeed. And again, that'll knock you down and, and you don't want to do that. All right, so never expect someone else to fill your void. So if you're going to friends, family, clients, your social media following to build yourself up, to make yourself feel good, if you need reviews and likes and clicks and shares to feel good, and if you don't get them, you feel empty, you're never going to be a balanced, happy person. So rather than looking for external situations and people and results to fill your void, fill your void yourself with self-love you know, with lifting yourself up, with telling you, um, you know, over and over what you're great. Uh, and I know this is something that I struggle with. And I've been sharing this with you because, you know, we're all perfectly imperfect. And, you know, when some people are great in one area, they're a failure in another area. I'm terrible at yoga and I'd be I'd have the worst self-worth ever in yoga. Gemma's trying to get someone to come to the house to do yoga because she knows I won't go outside to do yoga because she thinks I need to do yoga. She thinks I need to slow down. She thinks I need to be bored for a while and not always on, 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 on. She thinks I need an hour without my device. You'll know I've gone nuts. I'm on some kind of drugs if I start doing yoga, but maybe I'll slow down. And speak more softly. All right. And then finally, there are always upsides to the downsides, just like there are always downsides to the upsides. So wisdom, which gives you a balanced, positive view is when things are going well, like, you know, for example, you're making a lot of money. You're, in a, you're a property investor. You're making great money in your property business. It's a, a bull market. You want to plan for the next crash now, because otherwise the next crash will blindside you and it will definitely bring you back down to earth with a bang. It will give you uh, the balance. Conversely, when things are difficult, keep going because you know that they will turn. And people think when things are bad, things will only ever be bad. And when things are good, things will only ever be good. And they behave like that's how life will be forever. But life is swinging all the time and oscillating. And it's cyclical and it's seasonal. And you've got to plan for the seasons. When it's summer, plan for winter. When it's winter, plan for summer. Okay, so let me summarize all of these. Hopefully these 15 have been useful for you. Um, so be skeptical, but to a point to maintain positivity without being annoying or naive. Protect the downside first and then go, 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 go. Trust, but verify and prove. Be a glass half full kind of person, but what if it's empty? What would you do? All right, so um, worst case and best case scenario planning. I don't think I did this. So often people are frozen in procrastination and overwhelm um, because... You know, they, um, they just don't know what to do. But they haven't sat down and gone, OK, what's the worst case scenario? Because I'm not making any decisions because I think this could be bad and I'm paralysed. But what if I just do what's the worst case? So, for example, you want to set up your business. What's the worst case scenario? You try it. You rack up a tiny bit of debt, which you could pay off because you're probably already in debt. Um, you have to quit your job and then go back. You might go back to the same boss and have to have some humble pie. Or you might go back to a different boss and you might have to have sort of a, a 10 or 20 percent pay cut. But that's the worst that will happen. You won't die. You won't be exposed or em, 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 embarrassed or you know, ridiculed. 
Um, and yeah, you'll have some challenges, and, and but also you'll grow, you'll learn, you'll create new opportunities, you'll meet new people. So if you do, what's the worst case scenario? And you realise you've mitigated the worst case and all those big fears that you worry about that never happen have been allayed, then it gives you more confidence to go for it. But then what you should do is best case scenario planning, i.e., well, I could be a millionaire and I could have financial freedom and I could be totally free and I could do all the things that I want to do in my life and I could become the person that I want to become and I could leave a lasting legacy. Uh, and, and when you do create this vast opportunity between worst case and best case, then it gives you the confidence to go for it. Sorry, I forgot that one in my list. Also, know that anyone can, but most people don't. Be overall happy, but critical when required. Do more of the things that make you happy, but not all the time to give yourself balance and challenge. Be around inspiring people. Um, people will either drag you up or pull you down. So let people drag you up and stop people from pulling you down. Pat yourself on the back, you know, as well as putting yourself down and always looking to grow and get better and beating yourself up. Look how far you've come, not just how far you want to go. Know that when some things are bad, Always in balanced, other things are good. When people hate you, people love you. When things are not going your way, things are going your way. When you're having bad luck, you're having good luck simultaneously in different areas of your life. Know that you can't change everyone, so focus on changing the people you know who want to change, who want to help, who want to grow. Never expect someone to fill your own void. Look at filling your own void by um, knowing that you're perfectly imperfect and that you're good enough and you're worthy of love and you know you are a a skilled, interesting, unique individual that people want to be around and want to buy from and want to learn from. And then there are always upsides and downsides, so maintain a balanced view, and that gives you wisdom, which gives you positivity rather than happy, clappy, false. You know, look at me, I'm great on social media, but behind the scenes, I'm crying my eyes out. Okay, so as you know, I rarely, if ever, ask you to share my work. But I know there's a lot of people out there that happy, clap, clappy, false, positive, and actually behind the scenes, they're crying out for help. And we need to help those people. So please share this with if you, if you know anyone like that that goes on about how great life is, but you sense that there's something wrong. Or share this with someone who you know has got great skills and traits and are amazing and you keep telling them, but they keep beating themselves up and they just can't see how positive and how smart and how successful they are or they can be because they're always beating themselves down. Because if you just help that one person and you just lift them up and you give them this balanced view, um, then that could be the greatest gift you could ever do for someone. And also, if you think there are some people that are really negative or have got into this glass half empty mode, but you know they have more inside them. And by the way, these three types of people I've mentioned possibly are you too. Then please share this video and this audio podcast with them too. Let's get this out there and let's help people who need to be helped. All right, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. If you're listening to the audio podcast, make sure you're engaging with the follow-up questions and comments and shares and feedback and the community on the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. You can search Facebook. I'll see you there. Hi, it's Rob. We've got a couple of things coming up that I really wanted to let you know about. Uh, one of them is I'm going to be running quite a long experiment on doing a social media competition. So on my various social media platforms, on my Facebook at Rob Moore Progressive, on Instagram, which is probably at Rob Moore or at Rob Moore Progressive, on this podcast, I'm going to be doing some big giveaways. I'm probably going to pay someone's credit card off. I'm probably going to give away some prizes. So I'm just letting you know a bit in advance. I haven't decided when yet. Um, I'm just looking to do a little bit of a social experiment. Maybe I can get my reach and subscriptions up a bit more in return. So keep your eye out for that. Now, make sure you're following me on all of my social media profiles because I'll probably be doing some random giveaways and not necessarily giving you advance notice about that. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is the 150th episode of the podcast 
we did a live studio. Um, we basically got myself and Joe Valenti and we filled out one of our meeting rooms and that seemed to go really well uh, doing the live studio episode. So we're going to try it again. And um, we're going to do this for the 200th episode, which just happens to fall pretty much bang on Halloween. So we're going to do a business nightmares theme where I'm going to share with you all the mistakes and cock-ups over the years I've made. And I'm going to bring in a couple of guests who've also made some cock-ups, not just to say how rubbish we are, but of course, so that you can vicariously learn from them so you don't make the mistakes again. And we'll drill into what we did, how we learned to improve the situation, why we made the mistakes, sometimes why we repeated the mistakes. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. And again, we're going to be doing it live in the studio. So you're going to have a chance to come and sit in. It's very intimate. There'll probably be 50 of us maximum. So there's probably going to be tens of thousands of people who would love to be here, but can't be here. So all you need to do to get yourself a chance of being in the live studio is either review the podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur on iTunes, or review one of my books that you haven't yet reviewed. Review either the podcast or one of the books, and then on my Facebook page or private message or in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community, just let me know you've done it, show me the screenshot, and the first 50-ish of you, we will get you booked to the live studio. Uh, We had a great time last time. We went on for hours, as is normally the case. You'll be able to ask your specific questions with us live as well. So I think it'll be a great show. Tag me in once you've done that. Show me the review, and if you're one of the first 50, we'll book you up.